This is Art Blog Radio. Hi, this is Libby. And this is Roberta. You want to talk? Sure. We're talking to Leslie Rogers, who is a puppeteer and a performance artist. And it's really hard to say exactly what it is she does, but it's very strange and on the edge. Leslie, I want to ask you, what is a puppet wrangler? My little experience puppet wrangling, I think it's probably where all the money is at in puppetry. All you do is keep track of a table full of puppets and their own uh, puppet paraphernalia and keep track of them to make sure they all look really nice before they go in front of the camera for TV. You don't really have to make anything unless the director last minute, like one time he was like, there's these five little uh, mouse puppets and he wanted them to be reading one tiny newspaper. So you just run off and make a tiny newspaper. If That's probably the most stressful moment, is making a tiny newspaper. Let's talk about the piece you did last night. We yes. were very lucky and we stopped into Vox Populi not knowing what we were going to find there. And we came upon you performing. <laughs> it was surprising and delightful and it was an extremely strange piece. In which, in which your face was hidden by a very small proscenium stage mm -hmm. and um, there was a curtain and, and the curtain opened to reveal your mouth. And there was a young man, who was, what was his name? Uh, Zach Palladino. Zach Palladino, who was sort of the MC, mm -hmm. And he was putting things in your mouth and taking them out. Mm -hmm. One of the things he put in your mouth was some basil and some garlic, and then you spit it out on a piece of bread that he put in front of you, and voila, we had pesto. So, <laughs> is it your what idea? Is it his idea? Is it, is it collaboratively created? What is the yeah. deal here? Um, I've worked a lot with Zach over the past year or so, and from the very beginning when I first had the idea of putting tiny stuff in my mouth for one reason or another, people have been like, are you going to do a puppet show in your mouth? <laughs> I've been like, I'm sure it'll eventually get there, but I'm not ready yet. Oh. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this time I that that was the idea. I was like, I want to do puppet shows in my mouth. You know, how are we going to do this? And then from there on out, Zach and I collaborate on the rest. Yeah, you made some little toys because there yeah. were little props that you were using. Yeah, the work that I make that I feel really connected to usually lives in some kind of difficult moral territory. I had said to Zach the first time we did it, you know, if I came up and I saw this piece going on, I would probably not like you. You know, he's a man, like, dressed as a man, doing this puppet show in a woman's mouth, dressed very femininely, like, in, I was, I'm wearing basically this, like, skanky dress that matches the proscenium curtains, and I would think that it was all his, his concoction and that he was kind of this weird, like, egomaniac or something. No, totally. There was that in it. Was it was yeah. quite um, carnival barker. He was like oh, yeah. the carnival barker and so it felt a little yeah. strange. Yes, yeah. and you were sort of the babe. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the babe who has things done to her and is yeah. not in control of the situation. Yeah, we have talked about uh, switching roles, but I feel like tendencies around using women for entertainment are something that I'm really akin to and I notice all the time and drive me really nuts. Um, and I feel like in my work often, I usually, I think that often I find something I don't like and then I portray it, this caricature of it, in a way that makes it seem kind of ridiculous. I'm, I'm trying to treat like my body 
as not a personality. The, my identity as a human being in that piece um, has no influence on what's going on, really. Like, it's just a tool. So you went to MICA, Maryland Institute for Contemporary Art, and graduated in 2007, cum laude, as they say, which is congratulations. Uh, and <laughs> I always wondered what that meant. Yeah. yeah. Well, it gets an exclamation mark in my book. Um, so what did you specialize in at MICA? I actually transferred into MICA as an upperclassman. The easiest major to transfer into and have all of my credits, my previous credits count, was this general fine arts major. And I came in and I said, what's that? And they said, it's anything you want it to be. I was like, I can do anything I want. <laughs> they were like, yes, you can do anything you want. And, and did you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't true. <laughs> so what did you do? It's very sad. Um, I had to fight tooth and nail every semester to get into any classes that I wanted. It oh. sucked. Oh. <laughs> and so what other credits did you have from the place you transferred from? Were they not in fine arts? Um, they were, like, they were under the umbrella of fine arts. I came from, originally I came from this um, teeny tiny extension of Pratt and the Corcoran in Wilmington, Delaware, called Delaware College of Art and Design. Oh yeah, DCAD. DCAD, yeah. But being a fine art major there was, uh, you came away with a very particular niche set of skills which was like figurative painting from life in an impressionist style with heightened color. You know, if that was like your life's path, you would be totally sad, but I don't know if the, it fits my personality quite as much as the in-between arts that don't fit very well into any genre. Well, speaking of your genre, or your lack of genre, <laughs> <My> genre. <laughs> um, I, when I think about work that I've seen of yours, it often involves uh, having your face not quite visible or having things about you not visible. I'm wondering what that's about. Oh, wow. I well, didn't... masks. <laughs> Did you grow up wearing masks? Um, no, I didn't play at all. I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Serious childhood, huh? No, I think I remember, I really vividly remember being a little kid millions of times where the other little kids wanted to play a game like you know, pick up little toys and be like, I'm a cow, moo, or something like that. What are you? And I'm like, supposed to be this toy cat or something. I'm just like, I know this isn't real. Like, <laughs> I couldn't do it. That was always like the moment in my childhood where I just felt like I wasn't getting it. And uh, now all I do is play. But um, no, in terms of the presence of the identity, of my personal identity in my work, It's always been uh, difficult territory for me because I feel like to be fully present as yourself in a piece of artwork, you have to completely know who you are. I feel like I'm young enough and experimenting enough with all kinds of things, not just in my work, but just in you know finding who you are as an adult in the world. I just don't think that taking the leap to presenting my identity as a, as a part of a piece of art is wise. Because I just am not 100% sure of what that is. So how did you wind up in Philadelphia? Uh, when I was going to school in Delaware originally, um, during the summers I had to go somewhere. And <laughs> I didn't want to stay in Wilmington, Delaware. 
Are you from Wilmington, Delaware? Uh, no, I'm, I'm originally from upstate New York, oh, from okay. Binghamton. Oh. Uh, Wilmington, Delaware is an incredibly dangerous, very seedy, almost like third world country in a civil war place. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but so all these really rich like executives from these corporate entities wanted to put an art school in downtown Wilmington to gentrify it. And they invited all these private art schools in Pratt and the Corcoran both took them up on it. So it was cheap. There was this deal worked out where it was like cheaper than normal private art school. But anyway, so I was there. I had friends who had gone on to transfer to schools in Philadelphia, and I had a friend at UArts who needed a subletter over the summer. So I took her bedroom at 15th and Pine with two of my friends. We shared one bedroom between the three of us and one bed. Did you all sleep at the same time, or did you rotate in? It was like... It was, <laughs> we were each paying like $100 a month or something. That's great. I was working like, you know, 70 hours a week in the service industry and whatever I could find, like sewing flags in a flag factory or whatever. And uh, it was like if you were the last one who got home, you either tried to wrestle your way into the bed or you would sleep on the dirty clothes. <laughs> and we were like, someone has to get a boyfriend. <laughs> Who has his own apartment. <laughs> so I found one a few doors down. <laughs> Did he know he was being used? <laughs> I don't think I really fully realized that that was a part of the equation until later on. I was like, God, thank God I got this boyfriend. But his apartment was had this horrible mosquito infestation, and it was like a zillion degrees with no windows, so you just had to be naked all the time getting bit by, like, 50 mosquitoes. <laughs> it was so horrible. It was horrible. But at the time, I was just like, well, you know, you roll with the punches. It's part of being, like, young and not having any money. It still is, really. So you seem really connected to a lot of the alternative spaces in Philadelphia. You're a member of Little Berlin now, I believe. Mm -hmm. and yes, brand you, new. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> and you've done things with Fluxbase, and we saw you at Vox Populi last night. And so what do you think of the Philly art scene? Seems like you found a home here. I, well, the reason that I was first attracted to Philadelphia was, was that in each and every art scene, it was like, if you show up and you like it too, they're like, oh my God, thank God, you like it too. What do you want? Do you want to do it with us? Let's do this thing together. We need so much help. We don't have any money. Is that okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> like any and every uh, type of art in you, that you want to do in Philadelphia, you can just go do. No one's going to like you know, shuffle you away being like, oh, you and your lack of skills and your novice-ness. I'm still not getting how, how, you, stay alive. how do you stay alive. Yeah. Gosh. I'd say somewhere in the course of every production that I've been involved with, if it's outside of like a giant theater institution, someone like loses their job and nearly gets evicted. Like whoever has taken on the like brunt of the organization and workload like nearly goes under and then has to spend a few months recovering before they can contribute fully to something else. And it's just, I don't know if there is a way out of that. I managed to get by for a couple of reasons. One is that uh, I made myself a really cheap live-work situation where I just built a bunch of studios in a giant floor of a warehouse and rent them out as cheap as I can I get my live space at, um, for free and my workspace I pay for or vice versa. It's basically about half as much as I should pay to live and work in squalor. 
<laughs> you have a sense of humor. And, and you know, art is serious. Recently, I realized that I didn't realize that my mom was funny. I always a lot of people don't realize their moms are funny. <laughs> I always thought she was being serious when she was saying something kind of nuts. Dry. I was like, well, my mom's nuts. <laughs> and then we were at like a family reunion a few years ago, and my cousins kept being like, gosh, like your mom is so funny. I was like, but I've been here the whole time. I thought, I didn't know she was making jokes. And then she told me, when I was graduating high school, I like wasn't expecting it, but I ended up getting that uh, class clown or something. And I was like really surprised. And then I told my mom, and she was like, oh, yeah, I had runner-up for class clown. I'm like, high <laughs> school. Well, thank you for talking to us. Yeah, we've been talking with Leslie Rogers, who is a performance artist in Philadelphia. And thank you so much, Leslie. Thank you. Artblog Radio is produced in Philadelphia by theartblog.org. Thanks to the Knight Foundation for supporting this project. And thanks to our editor, Peter Crimmins, for making us sound good, and to Eric Biondo for his music. You can download our podcast from the radio page of the Artblog. Blog.